first flight was marvellous. It was, a, it was a hell of a day. I'll never forget it, really. Coming as it did after such a long period, I suppose, made it even more exciting and even more of an event. And, and the bit of the unknown involved, too, of course, made it a bit a little slightly nerve-wracking. But it, it was a great experience. Of course, when you're doing something like that, you tend to be preoccupied by the busyness of it. You don't have time to be frightened. So it was on the first flight that I was busy, busy all the time, looking at this, looking at that, and... And, and terribly sensitive to every movement the machine made and terribly aware of absolutely everything. So that the real excitement and the jumping up and down didn't take place till after I'd landed again and it gradually sunk in what I had done. I'm sitting here in my kitchen at the moment looking out over my back garden ruminating the fact that it was a beautiful garden at one stage when my wife was alive, but she kept the garden in beautiful condition. It has now really become an aircraft hangar, or landing field. Most people have lovely flowers in their garden. I have some, but mainly what I have in the garden is a large aeroplane. I suppose the, the passion of flying had to begin in someone's backyard. Uh, the backyard inevitably became the, the birthplace of the modern airplane. I think most people nowadays will forget that it wasn't always white coats and stethoscopes and, and things that produced airplanes. Home builders tend to feel that pioneering thing where we're, we're not exactly reinventing the airplane, but we're doing what they did. People managed to produce uh, viable airplanes at uh, very low cost, ultimately using motor car or motorcycle engines. I, I'll be lonely after the plane because quite honestly I have felt that as long as it's been in the garden I haven't had great worries but once it starts to fly well I suppose really my worries start you know however <laughs> it'd be nice to get my back garden back again. <laughs> Three done, three to go. Here we are, it's the great moment. We lift the lid. Wow, look at that. That's just magnificent. Here it is at last. It's going to be great. A bit of work ahead, but it'll be great. Once we hear the first roar out of it. It has run already. A man has run it for a number of hours to sort of run it in and check it out. Oh, I tell you, it's a more serious-looking engine than that previous heap of junk. Wow. Excellent. My name is Ham Goulding, and... Uh, we're in my little hangar, which is what I call my shed outside the back of the house, where I've built this aeroplane. I suppose I've always been fascinated by flight and by flying, as a lot of people are. And uh, I've always wanted to fly, and then I did get involved in professional flying. And as a, a profession, I'm an airline pilot, and at the moment I fly an Airbus A330, which is the very latest high-tech machine crammed full of computers and automation. 
the professional flying is very structured, it's very disciplined. Uh, you're doing things in a very precise manner and uh, you don't have the freedom of the skies in the sense that, that you're obviously doing a job and going in a particular place in a, in a very prescribed manner. And it's enjoyable too, I love that as well, but it's different. So I always want to do a little bit of unrestrained private buzzing around in some little machine and that's how I got into the idea of building one. And really the idea of building one probably came through the fact that it's much cheaper to build one. And I've always been interested in technical things and, and machines. So the idea of building one was very appealing. And that's what I did. The, the strange thing about it is that I built it over a long period of time, about five years altogether, having thought it would take six months. But anyway, it turned out very well, and I flew it initially, and it performed well enough to convince me that it was a great little aeroplane, but it just deserved a better engine. So uh, this new engine, I'm, I'm delighted with it. It's actually a car engine modified uh, for aviation use. And here it sits in front of me now, and I've, I've quite a bit of work to do because... I'm not 100% sure about the engine mounting and how I'm going to do that. Uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll get instructions and advice from the manufacturer for that. Any estimate I've given about the time to do with this aeroplane has been ludicrously wrong, like 10 times out. So I'm saying what I'd like to do now, not what I, probably what I will do. I'd like to have this thing flying again in May. It's now the end of February. Gives myself gives me two months, and I have a couple of weeks' holiday coming up, so... That's what I want to do. I don't want a summer to go by without getting myself in the air. This thing's been going on too long, and I'd like to get it finally sorted. So I hope I'll get it flying in the summer. I found the story Dave Ryan had to tell me very interesting. There we were in his kitchen. Outside it was raining, and I could see one or two daffodils beginning to show. But Dave's eyes were firmly fixed on the little white aeroplane standing out there on the grass. He had spent years lovingly building it. Now the task was almost finished. Uh, my wife Betty was a, a big influence on me. She was a marvellous woman and um, very supportive. She, uh, and in many ways, this was a good thing. You know, people say to me, why do you build an aeroplane? I often used to jokingly say, well, keep me, it keeps me out of the pub. And actually, in fact, it did, because well, I'm, not a, I'm not a drinker or a smoker, but... She loved the garden, and I loved the, the aeroplane. So what it meant was that I built the hangars beside the house, both sides of the house, and um, I was able to work there, and she was able to work in the garden. And then we would retire to what would be at the 19th hole, which was the kitchen, and to have our tea and our coffee and our, and our chats. And it was really an idyllic life. Uh, she, she was uh, herself had been... Um, work, had worked for Aer Lingus, and, and she loved travelling. That was her main uh, forte, and... Uh, so she was looking forward to the day when the aircraft would be built and we maybe could go somewhere. Uh, sadly, she, she died of, of cancer, uh, uh, well, four years ago in June. And um, uh, I can tell you, it was a, a big blow to me. And um, I had to... Uh, what was worrying me, like everybody else in this position, is what do you do, um, particularly at... Um, you know, on weekends at night when the partner's no longer there. And really, the airplane has been a, an absolute godsend to me because it's kept me busy. It, you know, it kept me so that I really didn't sort of sit around the place and mope and, 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 and go, go, go into yourself because I have so many friends uh, from the making of the aircraft uh, that I'm allowed, it just helps me know and get over this traumatic situation. 
And um, I'd recommend it to anybody, in fact, because <laughs> if you can keep your hands and mind busy, well, I think you're a long way to becoming normal again. Uh, and anyway, she, uh, we, as she died from cancer, we had a long time to talk. And she always said to me, whatever you do, Dave, finish that airplane. So I'm going to do that. I started the aircraft, I think, in 1983. And, of course, at that time, I probably thought I would finish it within a couple of years or so. But then building an aircraft, I was, I, at that time I wasn't retired, I was a working person and I uh, had a family to support and everything else and, uh, you know, the general chores of a house. Uh, it was just a, a hobby that you, that you indulged in at, at night and, 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 uh, and weekends and um, that's how it went. Really, an aircraft is a sum of the hours that are put into it. You, you can't expect it to appear from nothing unless you do something with it. And it takes, it's all a matter of hours. The aircraft itself could probably be built had you every part of it in stock and a space to do it and maybe somebody to help you. You'd probably build it in two or three years. But uh, working on your own uh, under those circumstances that I was in, you, you really couldn't do that because... Um, you only worked when you had time. And also another thing which is very important, when you had money. Because um, I just an aircraft like this has probably cost, over the 15 years, about £15,000. And now, I could not have found that sort of money at one go. And most people couldn't, I suppose. But what you do, really, is you build to your finances. And um, it's a good thing too, because I think if you build something very quickly, you're, you're more inclined to make mistakes. So what you did is you 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 applied what time you had and what money you had, uh, as and when you had them, and that went on grand. And slowly the aircraft grew over the years. And the funny part about this is that people say, well, okay, now that you're retired, you'd have much more time. And I'd have thought so too, but. People forget there's one thing. When you're when when my wife was alive, she looked after the house, looked after the children, like any other wife, I suppose. And uh, I like typical of a husband that I never had to worry where the next meal was coming from. Now I do, and uh, I've discovered how much work they actually do. <laughs> there is, it's sort of ninety percent housework and and ten percent aeroplane, or running here or running there. In fact, I often wonder where I get the time, where I get the time to work in the first place in the beginning. So. Um, it's not it, being retired, and you, you think you have plenty. You don't have all that much time, in fact. And uh, it, while it probably has advanced a lot more in the last two years than it did before that, it still is fairly slow. The society I'm in that helps support me uh, building this aircraft and has done over the, all the period of time is the. SAAC, which stands for the Society of Amateur Aircraft Constructors in Ireland. It was formed, I think, in, in the early 70s by uh, two gentlemen, uh, Michael Donoghue and um, John Duggan. It really was a, a, and is a marvellous organisation. And I think without them, it would be quite difficult to... It wouldn't be diff impossible to build an aircraft, but it'd be a lonely business because you're locked away in your workshop and if you come across a snag or something you don't know about, you either have to try and contact the, the designer of your aircraft, which usually is in some far-flung empire like the States or, or somewhere in Europe, and not all that easy to do. But being in SAC, you could just go along to one of their meetings there and uh, somebody would be able to sort out the problem you've got because such a diverse number of people there with diverse skills that there simply was nothing that uh, that you really couldn't find out. And um, 
I, I found SAC an absolutely a, a, an absolute godsend, in fact, because people there are there for the one reason. They, they, they love aircraft, they love building them, and, and that's it. I'm sticking away now, we're getting close. Okay, guys. Fia O'Queeve started building his aircraft nine years ago. It was now early February, and Fia was about to test the engine in his parents' garden. It's beautiful, second of February. Quarter to three in the afternoon. Where are we, by the way? Where are we? Yeah, where is this? This is the northern Cumberland. It's an organ. Nobody's going to believe there's an airport out in uh, Stillorgan, you know. <laughs> no. It's just not going. It wasn't there the last time they checked. You never know. So just not going to believe it. But there is an airplane there. Here we are. We're running the airplane engine for the first time. We hope. We hope it's going to start. It hasn't started for many, many years, so it'll be. Um, it'll be. You know, quite nervous moment until it does start. So we're going to turn her over. Hopefully, she'll fire up first go. We've John here; he's the best at the job, and he's done a lot of work on it. So we hope it's all going to work out. This engine goes back a long time. In fact, this engine was used first in the making of the film, the Blue Max. There's only a total of about 250 hours on this engine, and that's it. Um, this we're what 30 years on now, and she's going for a second life, if you like, and. Uh, it's looking good. It's looking good. We hope to make a lot of smoke today. <laughs> so how does it feel, David? It feels fine. <laughs> you, of course, you're building one of these too. I am indeed. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm well used to sitting in one, you know. But this is the first time now we'll have actually had in one to start it, which is a slightly different thing altogether. So what exactly will you be doing? Well, I'll be just putting my hands to the controls and, and uh, obeying... The request of the people who are operating on the engine at the moment, I'll I'll be sort of um, you know using the throttle, the mixtures, and generally just making sure if they uh, put my feet in the brakes so the airplane doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, beginning to fill up now. Have you got some? Have you got some pressure gauge in there? Mm, okay, fuel pump on. All right. Okay. Now your fuel. I want you to pump the throttle. Yeah, now she's on the right tank and she's I'll pump away here. Give me four full pumps. The fire extinguisher's done there. Two of them. Now she's pumped four times, John. I built an airplane and look who's in the first go. I mean look at it. <laughs> okay, ready lads? We'll go for start. John, hold on to her just in case. Okay, empty ready for action. Starting. <laughs> Well, John, you've done a great job. I mean, it sounded great, sounded very sweet after all those years. So, well, thank you and well done. I hope you have many, many, many hours of happy flying. Thank you very and much. I well, I hope I, and I hope I'm in the back of a few. <laughs> <laughs> you mean in the back of as many of them as you want. Yeah. Is that okay? Uh, as your mum said before you um, arrived, up till now she didn't worry. 
Now she can start worrying. I mean, now I worry a little bit about it. On the other hand, I think we've been very careful and we're doing the right things. We've taken a lot of time and I'd be very keen that we don't rush. It'll be ready when it's ready. <laughs> Good girl, well, well done. Come on, lads, in for a cup of tea. Well done. Let's get on to real stuff. Well done, John. How long does it take to realise a dream? The dream of flying an aeroplane that you have built with your own hands. Now there's a question Paddy Byrne could answer. My project is a two-seat wooden aeroplane designed around the Volkswagen engine, easily available. I began building in 1979, 1980, that era. Uh, it has gone on and on and on, and I think much to my wife's great relief, she sees it as probably going on and on and on, and it will remain a project in the workshop. But it's like all of these things, it's a dream. It may be fulfilled, and that's what dreams are about. I have no difficulty with that now. I discuss it quite freely. Sometimes in the early days it became embarrassing people would ask me, how is your project going? And I became quite shy about that. Uh, I had a difficulty bringing people out to the workshop. But as I've become involved in other things related to aviation, it doesn't matter. The building of an airplane is the most important part. It isn't the flying, at least not to me. And I'm, I suspect the same applies to a lot of SAC members. Uh, we find, and certainly in conversation with lots of people, lots of members. It's the going, the journey. That's important. The skills that you acquire, both personal skills, physical skills, and mental skills, are wonderfully rewarding. It's quite, it's quite enlightening when you go to, as we do, monthly meetings, discussing problems, constructional problems, uh, materials problems with other members. Uh, the knowledge that they've acquired, the skills they've acquired and their ability to communicate them, absolutely superb and it's so invigorating, it's so inspiring to go along. Your project has dragged. It doesn't matter. Everybody's in the same boat and things you have learned, things they have learned, you exchange them in a very affable, friendly sort of way and uh, that's the wonderful part about it. So nowadays, I have no difficulty at all in saying, well, maybe it'll go on forever. I don't really care. Because as long as that dream is there, that someday, maybe we'll change the engine. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll do something else. All of those things are possible. Uh, the journey is important. Fred, are you going to discuss the Zenith tonight? Pardon? Are you going to discuss the Zenith Unlikely, I think. I wonder how Eamon's pub is getting on. Well, hopefully, we'll see it shortly. Gentlemen. Hi, Eamon. Hello, Eamon. Welcome by. Thank you. What's that joke you have, John, there? I believe you'd be surprised for us tonight. We'll find out all about it. I just brought out my rugger with me just to show the lads. Yeah. You will have the metal yeah. fashion then. Yeah, ah, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, we'll just have to inspect it. Yeah. See how good it is. It'll be scrutinised. See as good as yours then. Yeah. <laughs> mine is fabric, is it? <laughs> you can cover a multitude with a piece of cloth. Yeah. The, the monthly meeting at, at Eamon's, the cup of tea, the, the friendship, the shared ideas, 
that's perhaps one of the most important aspects of the society's operation. What I have found is I can go absolutely browned off, just fed up, tired, especially in my working time when I, I hadn't retired. But having arrived there and got involved in the hype again, this is the important part. Suddenly you're chatting, it's inspiring, the enthusiasm, the juices start to flow again. I, I can't explain it, but I could leave at night and I'd be completely inflated again. The whole idea of of getting back at a project, whichever it happened to be, even the picture of life would have changed. And that's the truth. You, know, you could go, round off and leave inspired. And that's again down to this idea of shared enthusiasm, spirit rising again. Uh, I don't know quite how to explain that. Maybe the, the friendship bond, maybe sharing a cup of tea, and nothing stronger ever appears than a cup of tea. Uh, but that aspect of it, I think, revives the spirit of more people than, than they would perhaps care to mention. Uh, personal life, of course, can interfere with lots of things, but uh, two hours spent sharing a common idea the same spirit drives them again. I think they leave, perhaps, not, not saying better people, but more inspired people, feeling, yeah, life is worth living. Um, so what, I have a, a dull job. So, so what, I have to do shift work. I have to do night work. It doesn't matter. I can always come back here, fill up again, and leave renewed. You want me to pour some tea? Oh, oh that's not tea, that's the Magical sound. You want to pour high tea? High tea, please. This, above all things, is the most important sound of the night, the pouring of the tea. Ah, mission accomplished. There's coffee done as well. Okay. You don't know. That's just brown sugar. Forgive that. I've been involved with the home builders for a long time, and Eamon Fitzgerald is my name. I bought this cob, this J3 cob, over in England, what, about four and a half years ago, or five, maybe. I'd hate to think of how long it is. But uh, in my spare time ever since, I've been working on it, and I, I cleaned it down to the bare metal and had it primed properly with epoxy primers and all the rest to preserve it from any corrosion. I brought it back on the trailer, our sack trailer here that you see from England, Paddy Burden and Mick Dunne, who came over with me to give me a hand went over on the ferry and sit overnight and captured it back from Robin Hood's country off over the far side of England. <laughs> I think it should fly in about two weeks' time or less, maybe. Hoping the test flight will be the long weekend, the bank holiday weekend, which is the weekend after the next... My inspector is Tony Derham, and Tony pointed out a few things to me when he came out to inspect it that I should rebush the control column. There was a little bit of play on them, and to put a new trim cable. And so I put all new control cables that finished up. I said I might as well not spoil the ship for half of the tar. And I put new control cables everywhere. I'm taking it down to Tipperary, my own home country, to test have a test flown by William Kennedy, who lives down there and has his own airstrip. I love peace and quiet, and nothing to look at me only sheep. <laughs> Way in the wilds of the prairie, and hopefully it will work out. So it is very interesting, really, the whole thing. It's kind of almost 
consumed you. Like I spent a lot of time, night time, working late and became very unpopular with the family sometimes. But one, uh, one of the, the classic ones was I was rib-stitching the wings last Christmas, 12 months. And as you know, rib-stitching is a very tedious job. There's, I didn't count how many stitches. It would probably shock me to know how many stitches I had to do, but I actually spent a couple of hours on St. Stephen's Day doing some rib stitching just to get some done. <laughs> and that wasn't a very popular thing to do <laughs> with the family, but I got, ho- got over it anyway. That I got a lot of pleasure out of restoring that, yes. especially now when I see it standing there with its registration letters on it and painted up. We're having our meeting here tonight, and anyone that wishes to come along to have a chat or look at a video or look at bits of airplanes or that kind of thing, they come along. And tonight now, I'm going to avail of their manpower to put it on the trailer and get it strapped down to leave in the morning. And Paddy Burn and myself will be leaving. We won't leave too early. I think we'll let off the traffic and go after the traffic and head off down to Tipperary with it. So I'm, I'm using the lads at the meeting to, <laughs> to load it up. You wouldn't want to be of a nervous disposition around here, would you? Moving airplanes is about the most stressful uh, thing you can do. Hello. Hello, Ham. Hi, Madeline. How are you? How's the project going? Oh, it's terrible. It's just terrible. You, you don't want to know the answer to that. I'm very, very frustrated because the engine mount is wrong again. Oh, dear. And, uh, yeah, oh, dear, it's what I said, only a bit, something a bit more strong than that. Um, it's so frustrating. I'm just t- totally fed up. I feel like throwing the thing into the river now sometimes because uh, I've, I've done the best I can to get everything lined up. I had the, I had the plan to, to have all the bits in place. The engine has been sitting on the floor since January. And uh, when I ordered the engine, I made sure that I was that I would have all the other pieces lined up in time. And uh, it turns out that they said that they could do it at the time when I ordered it. And now the uh, engine mount has been sent, and it's wrong for about the what seems like about the tenth time. It's really annoying. But this is par for the course for home but building, isn't it? <laughs> the ups and the downs. You have to have some patience in this game. I'm finding out. Yeah, but it's it's stupid, really. I I feel stupid as well because I had a lovely airplane. It was flying. And then I decided, well, I knew how to took the thing to bits. Now the old engine is gone, and there's no way back. I just have to go forward with the new one, but it's, it's turning into an awful mess, really. So I'm, I'm getting pretty fed up with it. But there you are. I suppose it'll come right eventually, but the way I feel at the moment, I'm fairly despondent about the whole thing. It was Saturday, 22nd of August. The big day had finally arrived for Dave Ryan. His aircraft was about to take to the air from his back garden. No, not in some majestic takeoff manoeuvre, but hoisted aloft by a crane over the back wall and onto a waiting trailer. Ah, uh, Madeline, listen, I wanted you to meet the man here. This this man. This is this is Mick Donoghue. He's the man who started all this. Now, yeah, that's right. I did, in fact, build um, the, the first home built in Ireland, the first home built to fly, and the first home built on the Irish Register. Having been interested in aircraft all my life, the only way I could see of ever being able to fly one was to own one and consequently to build one because that was the only way I could afford it. So in 1955, I think it was, I saw an article in Mechanics Illustrated 
where uh, a guy in America built his own aircraft. And I said to myself, now that is the way to go. And I got the plans and started to build it and discovered then that it was way beyond my capabilities. It was welding and all of that sort of thing. But I never really lost the idea. And consequently, when I saw in 1969, I think it was, the plans for a wooden aircraft, I said, that's, that's it. And off I went. Now, before I started, though, I went to America and uh, I met a lot of the guys over there who were building their own aircraft and discovered that, in fact, what they had done was they had set up an organisation, the Experimental Aircraft Association, recognised by the authorities. And the idea was that when you were building, you followed a definite course of construction. It was inspected at each stage and before it flew. And I thought that was an eminently sensible way of doing it because there's always the danger that with an amateur that you don't really know what the dangers are and you walk into trouble. So when I came back, I brought that system with me. And uh, before I started at all, I reckoned that my most difficult task would be to convince the authorities that, that it was possible to build your own aircraft and fly it. And to my astonishment, when I showed them the, the idea and all, the, the aeronautical section of the Department of Transport and Power, as it was at the time, were extremely interested. And eventually they said, no, look, we're happy. You continue on your own as long as you use an, an inspector approved by us, who was Eamon Young at the time. And that's the way it went. And then when I eventually flew the aircraft, or rather when it was flown by a test pilot, John O'Loughlin, uh, I went back to the department and I said, now, if uh, other people wanted to do it and were to follow the same procedure, how do you feel about that? And they said, yes, we would have no problem because similar structures exist in other countries. We're now at a stage, what is it, 20 years later? We, start, we found it in February 1978. 20 years later, we're um, now dealing with some very, very sophisticated aircraft. Hi, Eamon, how are you? Not bad at all. Well, has the cup flown? It has, indeed. been flown for, I think, seven and a half hours up on it now at this stage. And I'm, I'm very pleased with it. This is uh, behaving pretty well. We had a few teething troubles, like... The first day it flew, I was with Terry Cockton, we were down at William Kennedy's airstrip, and the airplane flew, and I, when I was coming back in the car, I said to him, I can't believe it flew. I, I thought it was a dream I had. Because when you're looking at a thing in the workshop for so long, when it flies, you really can't believe it flew. I said to Terry, I can't believe it flew, and Terry said, well, you better believe it. It was up, it was up at 2,000 feet, he said. <laughs> and it flew very well. This is a delight now that's in front of Dave now here yeah, today it is, as we've yeah. seen it's it. Great. Uh, it's great to get together here. Just about to be craned out. Send off, yeah. And his airplane looks very well, and I'm sure she'll fly. We're hoping to have it fly at the weekend of our flying in Waterford. So Bob Gardner is over to test fly it over from Scotland, man of experience. So Dave, he'll put it through its paces, I'm sure. Will you be taking your cub down to Waterford? Oh, I will, of course. I have to have it all polished up, looking its best. <laughs> So I better go down. There's Willem's airstrip. There's one of the disadvantages with Willem Kennedy's airstrip. He has a lot of sheep, and you know what sheep will leave on the grass, and you know how the wheels will throw it up onto the wings and onto the tailplane, and it sets like concrete. And I've got wash-up liquid and warm water and scrubs and Mr Sheen and everything trying to get stains off. <laughs> I'm Bob Gardner. I've come over this morning on Aer Lingus from Scotland to help Dave 
get the airplane flying after all this time. We're, we're setting off in the morning to Waterford by road, which will be probably the hardest part of the job. Take it gently from there. We'll, um, first of all, taxi it around slowly and progressively faster down the runway a few times just to make sure everything's working. And if that's all satisfactory, we'll get airborne. I have a, a long ease that uh, I built at home. I used it quite a lot to commute between Northern Ireland and Scotland, or the other way around, really, when my mother was alive, so it was very a good way to justify its existence if it needed to be justified. We have liftoff. We have liftoff. We have liftoff. Yeah, everybody who's helped me to come this far there are many people here who have done this so all I want to say is thank you very much indeed and I hope I have some happy flying with it thank you the next time now this will be in the air yeah. to be, to be in your capable hands yes it will it's uh, serious business then <laughs> no more of this hilarity <laughs> but it'll be fine I look forward to speaking to you next week in yeah, Waterford. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you there. Thank you, we're expecting quite a few airplanes Quite a few. He's in a state of euphoria now. Look at him, look at the reaction, isn't that amazing? But he flew yesterday with, with Bob and we've had a, a serious problem wiping the smile off his face all morning and that's a fact. Well, Dave, this is your life. <laughs> Hi, Madeline. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Well, well done. Thank you very much indeed. Can't well, can't believe it. <laughs> it's going very well. Uh, Bob has done the, 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 the test flight, and uh, but, but we've a few things to do to just tidy up certain things, but otherwise it's, it's, it's going grand, you know. But I still can't get used to the fact that after all those years, it is, it is actually flying, you know. So there. <laughs> and you're the man who made it all possible. Well, I just turned up and did the, did the fun bit. They've put it all together. We, we worked very hard here to, to tidy up the details, and then it just flew out of the box, as they say. It's very nice. So now we have to get Dave checked out to fly it himself. That shouldn't take too long, and then he can be free as a bird. Ham, you're smiling today. I'm smiling today, Madeline. I'm much well. Yes, I'm much happier than I was before about my project. The most exasperating thing, really, is when you get stuck and you you feel that the thing has gone out of your control and there's nothing you can do. And that's the way I was the last time we spoke. But since then, um, we have a plan and. Uh, 
things are certainly looking up. Predictions are always a mistake in this business, but uh, it shouldn't be too long now before we get some concrete progress and you can hear the roar of my aeroplane starting. First pre-flight. We're going down to Cork. First trip. Wait, 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 in the back. Hey, 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 hang on. Oh, you... We're not going to lift you up. <laughs> no way. What do I have my minions for? Okay. Now he gets the back. Okay, I'll hold that to it. I must say, yes, it's very, very comfortable in the back. He is being. Right, Captain, we're ready. <laughs> Good, we're all there. Let's hope it starts then. Have a lovely flight, Dave. Thank you very much. Yep. yep. The view from the particular airplane is quite amazing, and um, you know you're sitting there, as I say, at a couple of thousand feet, and the landscape going by, and it really is quite a, a, an amazing feeling. And the fact that you've actually built this machine with your own hands, it comes home to you. And I'd certainly recommend anybody else to try it as well. <laughs> it wasn't exactly a dream I had, but it was an aspiration, that an, an ambition to build my own aircraft and fly it one day, and I certainly feel as though I've achieved that. things the fuel is selected and it's okay I've got both the fuel pumps on oil pressure is okay engine temperature is good okay I put the power on I want to check 5200 rpm that's it and left ignition good right ignition good and the controls they're checked okay left and right yeah it's all clear ahead and I'm ready to go here we go full power coming up okay that's it the tail's coming up 45 knots now and we're off the ground. RPM's about 5,400. That's good. Fantastic rate of climb. I hold 55 knots in the climb. So climbing straight ahead. What a view! But I better concentrate on what I'm doing. I can I can do the sightseeing later on. Right. Time to turn downwind now. So I'll throttle back. Yeah, that's nice. Just fly parallel to the runway. Ah, now I can relax.
But it really is exhilarating to fly it. And, and, and when you stop for a moment sometimes and, and I gaze out, if I look to one side and I look at the wing and I see the bottom of the wing, and, and you're in such a different space when you're up in the air, and you look out at that, at that wing and you imagine that it was on the floor of the hangar and I was standing there with a spanner or a paintbrush or a screwdriver or something working on this wing and then you look out the window and you're 2,000 feet up and there's the same wing but you can't get at it anymore because it's you're sitting in the plane and it's outside doing its job and, and that's a funny sort of a feeling somehow that you're that you've made this thing and it's taking you into a different realm uh, it does give me a great sense of satisfaction to have done it Fantastic! Oh, I'm thrilled. It's a great little machine. Brilliant! I'm just delighted. 